Episode nine, back oh, again. What it do? Co-host Paul and Ryan. Ryan and Paul sitting down with a very yes, sir. Ryan and Paul, we are sitting down with a very special guest today, Justin E. Samuels, aka Thug Debugger. You know. Now, if you didn't know about him, his uh, Twitter bio says he is the founder of Render ATL, Streaming Color, Rebuilding Black. He's also the senior engineer over at MailChimp and the uh, Mississippi State alum, correct? Yeah, but the way you introduced me, I feel like one of those, I guess, a pastor at your job. It's like when, you know, you just... I'm sitting back, waiting on them to get done. You're like, dang, that's a lot of shit I'm in. You know what I mean? So yeah, hey man, you gotta oh, you gotta yeah. sit back and you gotta sit back and uh, realize you you very uh, you very uh, in tune out there, man. Exactly. Thank you for everything you do, for real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been real humbling to do all this during the 2020 crisis right now. But yeah. trying to just trying to just put on for the um, a culture to be honest mm-hmm. every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a fact. But like you said, man, don't let don't let me explain, man. Tell the people who don't know about you who you are. Yeah, so um my name is Justin E. Samuels. I use the E because of search engine optimization. So all please right, keep right. on SEO. please keep t- typing that in. Of course, of <laughs> yep. course. I've been I've been doing that since twenty ten. I've been on that whole wave. But yeah. Justin E. Samuels, I am the founder of a conference called Render ATL. It is the uh, it is the largest software engineering conference in the South, focusing on the React JavaScript framework. Um, and the thing that makes our conference unique and special is that we do everything for the culture first and foremost. So all the branding, all of the um, sites all of the appeal everything is on par for the culture um even the way that we are the first conference to honestly include all of the food breakfast lunch and and dinner each day and everything is for the culture so you're gonna get fried chicken macaroni and cheese collard greens all of that in the in the heart of the uh, of the south so yeah everything is on for the culture um Outside of that, I also do a conference called In Streaming Color, where I partnered with uh, Paris uh, Athena of Black Tech Twitter this year. And we had put that on just because we wanted a way to help people. So we made it like a, a telethon where people would watch um, the speakers and then they would donate to the campaign that that speaker is trying to raise money for. We cool. ended up doing about 8,500 viewers. The crazy nice. thing about that too was that um, we did that in a total of three and a half a weeks. So it was balls to the wall the whole time. Exactly. And then again, the week after that, um, that's when everything started to hit with the uh, civil unrest un- un- in the country due to the um, bullshit that we go through as just black people. And yeah. I wanted a way just to help people and we started on Rebuild a Black Business, which turned into over 500 people um, helping out. So yeah, uh, that pretty much summarizes what I do on the side, day to day. I'm the senior engineer at uh, at MailChimp. We are a um, e-commerce uh, marketing c- company where we help you get your brand 
in front of as many eyeballs as possible through things such as social media, um, news, uh, news letters, which is why we call it MailChimp, um, and other unique campaigns that involve digital marketing. So I'm, I am one of three senior engineers on this team called Content Marketing, or I think it's actually called Marketing and Marketing Enablement now, where we are responsible for everything that you see on um, MailChimp.com. Hey, on the other side of that, man, uh, when you were talking about um, how you guys are supporting small businesses, because a lot of small businesses have been affected right now during COVID-19, what services have you guys been providing mm -hmm. during this time for those? Yeah, so the thing that we build Black Business strongest suitors is that mm -hmm. we've been focusing on trying to connect Black-owned businesses to patrons who could come and help their business, not just survive, but also thrive. So okay. like a good example is the Just Add Honey Tea Company here in ATL. Um, they are a black owned tea house here. You can't say that there are a whole, uh, there, there's a whole, a lot of those. Um, right. So we are, we are helping drive more traffic to their brand and the products that they sell. Because overall, we just don't need support in the form of words. We need support in the form of dollars, ultimately, right. at the end of the day. Exactly. And it's funny, because I, I saw that video, actually. I saw that video with that, that tea company. So, 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 so Really? Do you, okay. Yeah. Do, do, you, do, you, uh, do you help drive business to them through brand recognition or through your websites? Or, or what are your, what are your um, mediums, I guess, that you help people with that? Yeah. Yeah. So the thing that we do is, you go to our site and you could either filter by two categories to begin off with. Finding the businesses that are in, uh, in need, meaning businesses that have been like eluded, burned, um, right. just aren't in a good spot financially at all due to COVID. And they have various campaigns set up to help them raise a funding. So that's the first way that you could help. Um, and then the other way where we help drive a traffic is when you go to our platform and you filter by all general businesses, you right. can then filter it by category. So in the case of the Just Add Honey Tea Company, you would just search by food and drinks. And then there you would then find businesses that are black owned mm -hmm. in that category that then you could then hop over to their uh, personal website. So we're ultimately driving more traffic. Nice, nice. Um, in regards to uh, how you get your funding, is it is it private equity or is it just all through donations through, through the community? So yeah, we have a, a very unique uh, revenue model. So the way that the actual revenue, uh, revenue model works is, I go to work at this company called MailChimp, where I work 40 hours every single week. And then they give me on a bi-monthly basis a paycheck for the hours I had put in. I then take that cash that I'm getting out my paycheck and I put a portion of it into the business. Right. That is our actual revenue model, AKA wow. the Bank of Justin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey man, see, look, look, you, you got your hands a little bit of everything. Now, now, now you got your own bank going on. What's, what's yeah, happening? man. And like, I tell people about this all the time, is like, if you truly want to like, oops, yeah, if you truly want to like, you know, um, make it out here, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Absolutely. And the hardest thing to sacrifice that people don't talk about is sacrificing your own dollars. And I sacrificed my dollars for the culture rather than having it in an account just growing interest, which I could just easily do. Exactly. I'm out here putting my dollars to work to stand behind the vision that I have, not just for me and my own brand, but for our people overall, which is why I go so hard in a stock market. So that's an extra opportunity for me to raise more capital so then I could then put it into the companies. Right. Not to get off the off the subject, but you mentioned the stock market. Is there anything that you're watching right now? I just saw that Moderna sign that deal with the U.S. Man, so, so usually I'm heavy in the stock market. And thank you for that tip. Before you finish, I saw Johnson & Johnson sign the deal, right? And I was like, Johnson, uh-huh. Johnson, where did they come from? You know, because they weren't one of the, the leaders in, in creating the COVID-19 um, uh, vaccine. But then I, then I saw Moderna sign one actually a day ago. So they just did that yesterday morning, actually. So, so I've been following a stock called Zavango. Okay. Where Lavango is coincided with Teladoc. Basically, they're in the same space of telehealth. Okay. And with the space of telehealth, it's a obvious need now because with the need of not being able to go to the doctor available for everybody, being able to just get on your phone like how you or I are now or on your you know, laptop, tablet, anything like that, and being able to interact with a health pro professional is a no-brainer on you know, the uh, future of healthcare. Okay. So I bought an option on that and option did well to the tune of a $2,500 profit in the course of about two and a half weeks. Um, here's the thing though. I didn't take a profit because I wanted to execute on the option. So I bought a hundred, mm. I bought a hundred shares at the strike price of $115. I think the a premium was $7 every share or so. So about 122, 121 per share, I ended up paying overall. Right. That thing has now since went down, when I checked earlier today, to about $116 every share. But, you know, once again, it's the future of healthcare. Exactly. So if I was scared. I would just already be gone. You know what I mean? But it's going to go back up. So the long one, the answer is I'm watching a lot of um, things that are going to be the uh, future of our economy and things that's going to be the uh, future of how you and I interact and how you and I interact with uh, services that were there in our, in our necessary pre-COVID such as healthcare. How about, how do you go drop off your car to the repair shop? There's a company now that just specializes in uh, picking up cars and just taking them there and then dropping them back off. Exactly. Cleans and all too. You know, stuff like that is now what I'm getting into. Yeah, you know, I'm happy you kind of mentioned that, man, because that, 
that a lot of people, they don't know how to invest. They don't know what industries to get into, right? So you just kind of gave them a different way of looking at it. What, what is the, the demand that's been created by this by these circumstances, right? Exactly. And I will say this too, that um, I also have a new blog article coming out on how to start in investing this way. Right. You know? So it's going to be like a 20 to a 30 minute read if you truly try to break it down. But I'm breaking down all of these theories. I'm breaking down all these different strategies. I'm talking about what kind of in investor you are if you're more of a conservative versus more of a, a risk taker. So that's going to be coming out once I get to 8,000 followers. Absolutely. I'm only, I'm only 900 shy short. So once hey. y'all help me get there, then I'm going to drop that. Hey, oh, hey. Now you already know. You already know. So just to follow up, man, I, I kind of want to get back into the tech space. I uh, appreciate that, that little, that little, um, knowledge about the uh, the market man that's a, that's a really good way of yeah, approaching it for especially for for new investors um Always, but, bro. but 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 back to you know the tech space man because because you, you do what you do in the tech space and i want to know moving forward from 2020 moving on do you think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in tech should people be looking to get into jobs that uh, you know where they do more in tech especially in our community so the answer is, uh, answer is yes. If you think about what I just talked about with the stock market, we are now seeing new opportunities created for people to interact with their day-to-day -day lives right. through the use of tech. You know, and the only way that this is possible to scale, the only way that this is possible to become a actual reality, is by having the backbone or the support to make that a actual reality. So you need the engineers, you need the designers, you need the QA, you need the tech support, you need the business, you need the project managers, the list goes on. All of that is about to become even bigger. Don't get me wrong, tech was already big, it's just, just because of how we've evolved as a species, you know? Now we need instant gratification, we need instant access. Like, I don't think of the last time I called the bank and I'm like, could you tell me what my account balance is? Yeah, that exactly. Takes a couple like that takes like a couple like minutes to do. Now I just took up my phone like okay, boom, done. You know. So right. yeah, over time we were becoming that way, but now COVID has now propelled and pushed us to a point where it has been done not in the upcoming future, but in the very near future. So um, overall, man. It's a great time to be in tech because the sky's about to go like crazy, like out of the like stratosphere. Right. Now, speaking on COVID, um, I had read somewhere that um, about around 50% of black businesses might not survive COVID. They're oh, already man. faltering. So what effects yeah. have you seen in Atlanta or just around you? on black business what what effects have you seen the pandemic have on black business so yeah man so i read the same article and they mentioned a 40 percent okay but yeah. i do believe that's higher more so the space that you're talking around that ballpark area mm -hmm. um now just to break this down because everybody's probably saying like well you know, not everybody could actually win all the time. Some people have to like lose. It's just a sad uh -huh. 
it's just a sad reality. Well, let me put this into perspective for you. They say eight out of 10 or 80% of small businesses in general that are made in this country are expected to fail within the first five years. So let's just keep them, let's just keep the math easy. Let's say we have 10 businesses, you know, black, white, any kind of like nationality beginning in the year 2020. Right. By the end of the year 2025, only two of those businesses are expected to still be there. Now, we all know that in that group of 10, the odds are probably 10%, maybe 20% are Black-owned to begin with. Now, let's just say by the grace of God, when we get to the end of 2025, there's only two of those businesses. One of them is black, one of them is white, or one of them is black and one of them is like something else. Now you're telling me that 40 or 50% of them is not going to like make it a pass a COVID. So at that point, the actual reality is there's only going to be a one because I don't think that one other possible business was gonna actually make it to 2025, just to look at the data as it is now, right. you know? So that's what inspired me to do this short film documentary that's gonna be airing soon, um, where I walked around ATL and spoke to these local black owned businesses to learn about what they had to do to pivot during COVID. I asked mm -hmm. them, what kind of tricks we got to share, what kind of tips and all of that. And overall, the people that are actually out here making it have learned to adapt and adjust to the situation Absolutely. rather than just, you know, sit back and still try the same old thing. Like I'm here now at this place called the gathering spot. And in its, in its name is the word gather which to gather usually implies that you gotta be in a person. Well, when COVID hit, they couldn't come in a person no more, which is hard for a place called The Gathering Spot, which is a, a private a social club. Right. Rather than just, you know, having this woe is me mentality, they were able to pivot to an online digital community marketplace where now they're doing all their e-events digitally until they were allowed to open up, back up. Right. But they actually tapped into a whole new market. And there's a whole, whole lot of more examples of those who were able to do that. Um, now, ultimately, some folks just can't. Like, if you own a, a massage parlor, you have to rely on a physical touch. If you, if you sell food, you could kind of do this by if you weren't on Grubhub, if you weren't on Uber Eats, this is your time now to get on that while they are giving heavy discounts exactly. to get on the platform and actually try it out. But ultimately, you got to not stand still because if you do, it's going to be like a quicksand where you're mm -hmm. just going to keep on going down. If you just take one small step every day, you will be moving in the right path to get your business at least on some solid ground soon. Mm -hmm. And how many businesses have you helped with uh, rebuilding black? So 
I actually just came back from one today. Um, the the Just Add Honey Tea Company that was also featured in the doc. Um, I'm helping them with a couple more entrepreneurs do a complete brand um, revamp and helping them with their digital platform um, because they found a whole new gold mine in doing digital tea parties where they used to do tea parties in-house, which is only like a max capacity of like 12. Now they're doing tea parties digitally with upwards of 50 people learning the art of tea and how to make tea from the comforts of their home and having a actual tea party. So now you got dads doing a tea party with their little girls, you know, and a whole lot more things like that. But they're basically tapping into a whole new market. And then that's where the rebuild black business brand came up like, Hey, I need help. I'm like, cool. What you need? Well, brand needs help, SEO, um, market funneling, a sale, funneling and then I was able to look in our um, database and I was able to get a team together that came down here I met with them and they're about to know to work so overall I probably helped three brands but I'm happy to just be a part of the uh, process to be uh, trusted to help them with their with their uh, child just to be honest about it you know so, I mean, I, it's, it's amazing for you to even step in that space, though, and help them out. You know what I mean? I mean, because because with, with each unique business, you're learning something, you know, that, oh, man, I did this with this business. This this could help this type of business. So so now when you have new people who you bring into the fold who want to be a part of this program, uh, you're able to help them, you know, to the best of your ability through experience. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's amazing. See, and like what people have to understand is ultimately at the end of the day, we as black people, we are all we got. Yep. And we need to help each other, not just survive, but also thrive. Because if we continue just thinking on a survival mindset, we're only ever going to think, well, how do I make it to the uh, next day? Uh, rather, how do I actually expand and grow so that then when I reach whole new heights and be able to help other people reach their new heights and that's honestly what happened to me is that i reached a whole new height i started getting more connected to people and i was like no i'm not going to be the only one here i need to bring everybody else too right and that's my whole mindset on anything i do how can i help more than just myself and that comes from not a survival mentality but from a thriving or a, as they say, thinking in a mindset of, um, before, thinking of a mindset of abundance. Now, where will this, uh, where will your uh, documentary be releasing and when? So the documentary, the, the documentary releases tomorrow. Okay, um, nice. At, this conference called a react rally where Uh they focus on honestly engineering topics but this was a pretty unique opportunity because they have a huge audience Uh um so going back to how can i help people okay if i talk about these black owned businesses it's gonna create a new potential access point for a whole new other side of um uh customers to access what they have you know 
Um, so that's why I wanted to talk about this there. But also as an engineer, the actual tech that we built is pretty damn cool, you know? Uh-huh. So I wanted to also bring that up too. Um, and now we are going to open source our API, where the nice. API that we have will allow you to access it and um, pull out a, a data that you usually would have to go scrape across a various websites. Right. So the thing about it, to think about it this way, if you truly want to see the effects of COVID on black owned businesses, you would have to go find some blog or like, you know, some article, a pre COVID, get those mm-hmm. businesses out. So you got to, you know, work with that dirty data. And then you got to go find an article on the businesses that are in the same area a post-COVID, and then come up here to two. But yeah. now with our API, you can just hit our API and ask it, hey, I want to know businesses within, you know, 30321 and of this category. And it'll give you everything back that it has. Yeah. And will, will your doc be available past tomorrow or is it something that's only streaming live at the rally? So it's going to be streamed live at the uh, rally. Then after mm-hmm. the uh, rally, it's going to be streamed at a black tech conference called Black is Tech. So okay. those are going to be the two opportunities that you could check it out. Okay. Um, and then after that, that's when it's going to be on my um, a personal blog, which you oh, could hit okay. by going to videos.dougdebugger.dev. Cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to link this. I'm going to link this because when this drops, yeah. I'm pretty sure people will miss those um, initial premieres so then they can go back and watch this. Um, yeah. So you, you spoke on open source projects for um, Rebuild Black. Will there be any any other projects or any other initiatives moving forward? Going forward, um, right now, my focus is going to shift to mm-hmm. just the um, a render ATL conference. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing next. Um, so no open source projects yet, but stay tuned because I'm always in a state of constant upflux. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I know we've dived into rebuilding black so far, but um, I guess give us a little bit more insight on uh, render ATL. So yeah, render ATL is honestly my pride and joy mm-hmm. um, because we started this off of a dollar in a dream. So I got tired of going to tech conferences where nobody looked like me, talked like me, acted like me. I was always having to like code switch as they say. Yeah. And it gets a little bit tiring. So when I went to go meet with these recruiters, I would always be shocked when they say stuff like if I could only find a hundred more of you there wouldn't be no pipeline problem and I'm like guys like there is a hundred more of me I guarantee you you just don't know what you're trying to look for and you're probably doing a horrible job at it so the people that I had knew said okay approve it then so I came here to ATL in 2018 thinking of this in the back of my head and then when i joined the gathering spot i knew like okay this is the location that it has to be in because everything about the gathering spot screams 
I am black, and I am unapologetic. Um, got in good relationship with them, and then that's when I started to go to go to work. And I didn't have a, a dime. I just had my a paycheck, a, a bank of Justin again. At the time, I was not making as as much as I am now. So it was, uh-huh. it was a lot harder. But off of that hope, I was able to talk to other sponsors, talk to other businessmen and women and get their interest to where they started opening doors for me to actually do the damn thing. Um, and it became a conference where I wanted one, people to learn the best new techniques in JavaScript, more specifically the ReactJS ecosystem. So that was one. And we were able to get the world-class speaker list that you go in and dream of. People like uh, Sophie Alpert, who was honestly the whole reason why I have a job. She right. was on the um, React core team when it was only her, you know? Um, you got people like Paris uh, Athena, who did the whole hashtag Black Tech Twitter movement. Um, and now she's going to be in the uh, South for the uh, first time. You know, and folks like Angie Jones, um, a black uh, a, a, a black woman who is the first JavaScript, uh, sorry, JavaScript, is the first Java champion as a, a black a woman. You know, folks like that who you don't usually catch down here, um, you're going to have an opportunity to catch. So I want the best speakers, but I also want to be a best food. And I also want the best experience overall for other people when they come. So it's gonna be here in the heart of the uh, city, nice. and we have a lot of we have a lot of gems that we haven't dropped, right. which I'm a little bit disappointed because we couldn't do the COVID. But yeah, we have a lot of ammo waiting in the back right now, and we cool. have not stopped since COVID. To be honest with you, we've been uh, grinding it out every day. Absolutely. So while the while our, our competition was just uh, chilling, we went to work and we got a lot more ammo now. So, yeah. That's what you got to do. Now, mm-hmm. building on building on um, you speaking on, you know, the bank of Justin, um, I've also, you know, also going through your uh, Twitter, I saw that you were uh, speaking on. Oh, boy. Um, well, I think you already mentioned it earlier when you, when you were speaking on what's going to happen when you get to 8K followers. But about about you know helping people, um, I guess helping other programmers with investing and options for investing. What are I guess some of the methods that you think could help us as Black people really build general uh, generational wealth? Generational wealth. I had to throw that in. There. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know you had yeah. the T-shirt. Which, Paul. Is, which we have a whole uh, segment on this in the doc too. So, um, but. Yeah. Then the actual number one way is Uh for people to understand that there are different uh, financial lanes and you can't keep up with everybody. Yep. You know? And if you learn what your financial lane is, you'll be happy in that lane until you can see it's okay to cross over into the upcoming lane. You know? It's like driving on a highway. Um, You say trust the process? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to be honest, trust the process because 
we spend a lot of money on bullshit. And by yeah. bullshit, yeah. I don't mean I'm hating on anybody that wears a Gucci. I mean, I wear Gucci. I wear all the high designs that you could think of. But I didn't start buying that shit until I knew I could actually afford it. And right. by the word afford it, I don't mean I got $300 in my checking account and I'm going to have to go buy a $200 bag. No, like you cannot do that. Okay. Right. Um, for who, for those who don't, for those who don't know, I have a passion about book bags. If you come to my closet, I got book bags everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. expensive book bags. But I wasn't able to buy those until I started making the cash that I am now. And if I would have tried to deviate out of my lane and just say, screw it, I'm going to go buy that, I would have been in a, a world of hurt when I got into my car accident. I had to pay my D deductible, you right. know, like that's one thing. Um, I had a unexpected uh, medical ex offense. There's another thing, you know what I mean? So the best way to start building generational wealth is to learn your lane. And then once you learn your lane, you will learn how much money you could save, how much money you could pay down on debt, and how much you could truly spend and be okay. So like me personally, and this about to be a, a gem right here, I follow what is called the 60-30-20 rule. All right? Okay. Wait, no, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. That doesn't add up. 60-30-10 rule. Yeah, um, all right. So the way that I do it is, well, the way that the rule works is 60% per sending your bill should be expenses that you actually have to pay. Mortgage, car note, right. phone bill. Let's just be honest. You honestly need a phone in the year 2020. Um, then the 20% is a debt that you want to pay down, a credit card bill. Um, School loan. charge card. Yeah. Or stuff that you don't really need to have debt on, but you need to pay it down. Yeah, school loans, stuff like that. And then the uh, uh, and then the last thirty percent is things that you need to just want to have fun with. So like, I want to go out to like a brunch party. I want to go blow a bag on a bag. You know, you could use that and feel okay. Instead, I did the opposite. I do a 60, 30, 10, okay? So uh-huh. right now we're at, we're at 90%, where the 30% could go towards stocks. It could go towards savings accounts. Um, I have a guy, his name is Andre, um, where he handles all of my uh, passive income. So he got me in investing in stuff like a cell phone at towers. Like, of course, that's a smart move because you need that, you know? He got me investing in stuff like student housing, you know, because, you know, education is the king. Um, and then the last 10%, I just like I blow it. Yeah. I just go have a good time. Because I've all, because at that point, I've already paid my bills. I've already put away half of that to the side. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go have a good time. So when I be out to eat and they like, oh, the bill's like $200. Okay, cool. I got that. Here you go. And I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, best way to start building generational wealth is learn your financial aim because then that's going to dictate how much you can actually spend, save, and use on actual bills. Right. Cool.
I like that. Hey, man. All right, so we got we got a little bit over over a minute left. I think we spoke on everything that you've got going on. What I guess what is um, something that you really really want the audience to know? What is something that you are working on in the future that we haven't touched on already? Honestly, I think y'all know everything about me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Um, Thanks for stopping by the cot, and we'll ride this episode out with the trailer for your documentary, which should be available now. Um, Everyone can go below um, to the links for your website and for where they can find it on YouTube. Thank you. Peace. successful person in our family or we might be the only entrepreneur in our family so it's like we're the person that's setting the tone for what success looks like and whether we have help or not you know we're going to figure it out regardless so we often talk about obtaining generational wealth but we don't ever talk about how do you actually take the steps to get that when we shut down the stores um We can only really at that point rely upon our online market.